The text for the meditation this evening is taken from John chapter 1, specifically verse 14, which says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That is the text. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, we're kind of, we're kind of doing it a little bit backwards. The gospel lesson for tomorrow is what I'm using for the sermon tonight. The gospel lesson you heard today is going to be the sermon for tomorrow morning. So I'm kind of being weird like that. But that phrase, the word made flesh, is such a profound statement that should absolutely baffle our minds and cause it to almost want to explode thinking on it. Because first there is that word, which is, tra- the, the Greek word is logos, which we translate as word. The problem is, is that reality, realistically, word is not the best translation of logos, or at least not the way that John is using it. The problem is, is that, but the problem is, is that our English language is inefficient. We do not have a word that properly translates from logos. See, logos is a concept. In Greek philosophy, there's an argument for the existence of God, argued by Aristotle, that the, what is known as the unmoved mover. So, I lift up this iPad, and I ask, and so the question is, what caused me to lift up the iPad? You could, point to, you could point to the fact that in my mind I decided I was going to lift up the iPad as an example, and then my, the electrical signals in my brain traveled through my muscles and my arm and my fingers went down and lifted it up. And if you wanted to, you could trace it even farther back. You could trace it all the way back to, to the point of when I was born, when I was conceived, when my parents were born, when they were conceived, and you could go all the way back to Adam and Eve, and eventually you get to the unmoved mover, the one who put everything into motion, and that is God. So when John uses that Greek word, logos, he is calling it, that means the unmoved mover, the source of everything. So when he, sa- so he says, in the beginning was the logos. So in, in the beginning was the unmoved mover. And the unmoved mover was with God, and the unmoved mover was God. And it makes sense if you go farther into John chapter, into verse 3, it says that everything that had that exists, was created by the Logos, by God. But then it says in verse 14 that the unmoved mover became flesh. Now, I just told you about how God works through it, so I lifted up that iPad. It doesn't cover anything that's happened since then. 
And it doesn't cover to the, and I could ask the question how every single one of you got here to hear that, to see that little illustration. And I could trace all of you, your lives and all of your moments and every moment in the history of the world all the way back to the unmoved mover. There's the one who became flesh, the one who was in the womb of the Virgin Mary is the one who put everything into motion. Everything. From the biggest, the biggest ocean to the smallest molecule. I mean, think about this. Right now, it looks like I am touching this wood. But if you were to take a super-powered microscope and you were to look at it, you would see that I am actually not touching it. What is actually happening is the molecules are spreading and it looks like I am touching it. This is why if, you have, if somebody happens to give you, somebody happens to give really bad socks to somebody for Christmas and they get punched in the face because of it, the reason you get a black eye is because the molecules in your, in your, at that spot of impact spread incredibly fast. God is in control of even that. The one who's in the womb of Mary is in control of that. So when Mary ate of a, a piece of broiled fish or eat, ate a piece of bread, that was feeding the very person who created that fish and that bread, and created Mary herself. Think of that. Do we have any babies here right now? Any, like, under one? If you look at any of, I know, we, we, do we have some? Okay, but anyways, if we do, just think of that little itty-bitty baby. And think of those times, the time that they were in the womb, and it was great stress on the mother just as it was for Mary, at somewhere between 13 and 15 years old. Think about when that child is born. So you think of that image of a baby, and they begin crying. So they cry. They cry in the middle of the night because they're hungry or they're thirsty. They have, the, they have to change those diapers, so they, they've messied it up. The God who created everything, when he was born, he cried, like babies do. He pooped and he peed, like babies do. He became hungry, he became thirsty, he woke his mother up, just like babies do. He became human in every sense of the word. When we read that phrase, the word became flesh, that means the one who moved everything into motion. The one who wrestled with Jacob. The one who spoke to Moses from the burning bush. The one who was in the burning furnace with the three, in three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That very same person became human flesh. Why? 
Why did he have to become human like that? So that when he was whipped, he was really being whipped. He felt the very same pain every other human felt from those whips. When the nails were driven into his hands and his feet, when the crown of thorns was driven into his skull, he felt all of it, just as a human would. See, God became human. Jesus was born for one reason, to be crucified. That's why if you listen to the gospel lesson, well, we don't actually have what's normally the gospel lesson for the second Sunday in Christmas, or the first Sunday in Christmas, is the presentation of Jesus where Simeon says that to to the mother Mary, that her soul would be pierced. Telling her that her son, that little baby, is going to be hated, he's going to be betrayed, he's going to be rejected, he is going to be crucified. That Christmas tree, there are churches that actually make the practice that they would actually use real trees in the church. And the reason is so that when you came to Christmas, so that in a couple weeks, they would, sh- they would carve that tree and turn it into a cross. Because you see, the reason why there are all those lights is to remind you that the light of the world is on that tree. He was on that tree for you and for me. See, we, want it, we always are trying to find the meaning for Christmas. Movies have all their ideas as to what it is. Movies will tell us, I take even like, you know, the wonderful, It's a Wonderful Life, and I know that's a treasured movie. And it's okay if you watch it. One of my favorite Christmas movies is Die Hard, and there's not a lot of theology in that one. But in It's a Wonderful Life, at the very end, he says that no one is a failure who has friends. The sad thing is, if you think about that message or some of the other messages, is what about the people who are alone? What about the people who don't have people, somebody at Christmas? I guarantee it, there's a lot of people. There are many people who this is their first Christmas without somebody they love. A week ago, Friday, Fritz died. This Friday, Mary Bokey died. Within the next, who knows how many hours, Mickey Kraft will pass away. So during this week, first week of Christmas, I'm going to be preparing three funerals. That is the reality of the world that we have. And people are going to be, and there is good reason for people to grieve in this week. But in Christmas, we don't focus, when we focus on the meaning being other than what it is, we actually set up for despair. Because I could tell you right now, as a single guy whose family is three, three and a half hours away, I could tell you Christmas is a very tough time. It's very lonely, 
And I have a whole bunch of people that share the very same feelings. And that's why the message that Christmas is all about family and friends doesn't work. It's actually depressing. Especially when you consider that the one who was born was rejected by his friends to be crucified. See, that is what it's about. No matter where you are in life, no matter what happens, his death is for you. His death guaranteed that, you, that he who is the son of God by dying on the cross guaranteed that you would be sons of God. Heirs of heaven. Heirs of paradise that will have, never, will have no end. It guarantees that those three funerals that I am preparing, we will be talking about people who are in the presence of God. Who, have been, who have, are freed from sadness. Freed from grief. And in the, in the midst of the whole host of heaven. So as we face that question of keeping Christ in Christmas, you hear that many times. I urge you also to keep the Mass in Christmas. Meaning, tomorrow morning, we have a Christmas Day service at St. Peter. There are other Christmas Day, and I know there might be weather, pretending that the weather does not be complicate things. Assuming the weather is nice and pretty, or manageable. Go and find a church that serves the Lord's Supper tomorrow morning. Because if you noticed in that hymn that we just sang, verse 2, King of kings, yet born of Mary, as of old on earth he stood, Lord of lords in human vesture, in the body and the blood, he will give to all the faithful his own self for heavenly food. Have you ever thought about what Jesus was born in Bethlehem, which means house of bread. His, he is the bread of life. And when he was born, he was laid in a manger, a feeding trough for animals, to remind you that the baby who is in the manger, who was all, is the same one on the cross, and he is the same one in the bread and the wine in the Lord's Supper. That's how you celebrate Christmas. That is the absolute best way. Receive the Lord's Supper tomorrow or wherever you can find an opportunity to do so. Because there you are truly celebrating Christ's Mass. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keeping the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen. Please stand. We confess our common faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, 
born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Not there yet. <laughs> Not quite yet. We still have the versicles. Or, okay. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Let us pray. O oh God, you make this most holy night to shine with the brightness of the true light. Grant that as we have known the mysteries of that light on earth, we may also come to the fullness of his joys in heaven through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. At this time, we are gonna, the candles are going to be lit. Um, the ushers are going to light the candles, and so make sure when um, the can you're lighting, tip the unlit candle into the lit candle. And while the candles are being lit, first, the first Noel will be sung.
The lights will be turned down as we, we sing hymn 363, Silent Night. Let us pray. Most merciful God, you gave your eternal word to become incarnate of the pure virgin. Grant your people grace to put away fleshly lusts, that they may be ready for your visitation. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, as at this Christmas time, we know there are many who suffer in many and various ways. We especially think of those who suffer from being alone. We remember those who are grieving the loss of loved ones, which is especially noticeable at this time of the year. We especially lift up to you the family of Fritz Rayberg as he passed away a week ago Friday. We lift up to you the family of Mary Boki as she passed away just yesterday. We lift up to you... Mickey Kraft and his family, as Mickey is in his last hours of life. We pray that as 
Many grieve the loss of loved ones. They would find hope that you who were born of the Virgin Mary also rose from the dead so that the, and that your resurrection is a resurrection for all who believe in you. We pray this in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us bless the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Before we conclude with the closing hymns, you can turn on the lights and if you want, you can blow out your candles. Uh, just a couple, a few quick announcements. As was mentioned, uh, at 10 o'clock tomorrow is uh, Christmas Day services at St. Peter um, with communion. You're all invited to attend that. Um, and as also a reminder, next week uh, will be the service times are rotating. So um, next week's services here will be at uh, 5.30 on Saturday night, New Year's Eve, which means because it is New Year's Eve, there's a special New Year's Eve service. And then the next morning, uh, St. Peter will be at 8.45, St. John at 10.30, and there will be a special Christmas Day service there. So we actually get two different services next weekend. Um, let's see. And, and also thank you to everyone who helped with uh, the program this evening. Um, I know there's some challenges, kind of what happened with the, that wonderful warm day we had last week. So... Uh, much of it is to my blame, uh, communication problems and, on my fault. So, but still, wonderful, beautiful, as always. So, uh, with all that in mind, we continue with the closing hymn, Joy to the World. Oh, 